Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I'd rather be here than at home in bed. I love seeing God move and do things. Amen. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to minister along this line. This is something that's dear to our hearts because of how we got started in ministry. We cut our teeth in ministering to the sick. And so uh, we can help you. We've learned a lot of things over many years, I guess 22 years now of ministry, starting back there in those years of ministering to the sick. We've seen the many things, learned many things, got, got things to learn yet, haven't arrived, don't misunderstand me. But I think I've got something for you. Amen. Something for you, amen. So we just believe God to get it out. We just believe God for, for understanding. And we wanna, you know, anyone who's desiring, sincerely desiring help and, and seeking, and, and you're honest, you're seeking to know the truth. We want to share things that will help you. Praise the Lord. We're not, not interested in people that aren't sincere, you know. They're relieved from the subject. But we, we want to go ahead and help people that are sincere. And I believe you're here because you're sincere. And so we've taken it seriously. We weren't playing golf this afternoon. You understand what I mean by that? We were in the Word preparing and, and, and seeking God and seeking what direction He wanted us to go. So I encourage you to, to approach these sessions with that kind of soberness, that kind of seriousness and sincerity. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to have a great big IQ or a great big, you know, uh, you don't have to have a lot of letters after your name, DD and XYZ and PhD and all those things. You don't have to have all that to receive from God. You just have to have a heart that wants to understand and receive. That's all you got to have. Amen. And the Bible talks about he takes the simple things and confounds the, the simple and makes, makes the wise to be confounded with the simple. And so uh, you might consider yourself simple, but that's good. You qualify. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're here to help. We're here. We want God to be able to do what he wants to do tonight. But you know, it, there's a manward side and a Godward side to everything. And God's side is, of course, to do what he does and only he can do. And that's uh, the anointing and the power and, and confirming his word. But we can't do that. But we can uh, do our part. Our part is just simply do what he said in the Bible. Remember, Jesus said over and over again to people whenever they came to him, they said, he said, your faith made you whole. And so if their faith made them whole, then our faith will make us whole. That's the reason we're going over some of the things we're going over, like, for example, you know, we're, last week we started talking, Ann talked about it. I listened to her CD, I think most of the way through. And, uh, you know, she was talking about some of these things. The reason we talk about them, you know, is it the will of God for you to be well? Because it does matter what you believe. It does matter because Jesus said so. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So if it's according to our faith, then it does matter what we believe. Everybody say, it does matter what we believe. And many of us as, as uh, Christians have heard traditional things and we need to examine the scriptures and see if that's what they actually say. Because if we believe wrong according to Jesus, according to your faith, be it unto you. If we believe the wrong thing, then that's what's going to be unto us. 
Now, think about it. You've got in the body of Christ today, as, as in many years that have gone by, you have people. It wasn't this way in the days of the apostles, but it is today. You have people on two sides of the spectrum. Some, some are like more in the days of the apostles that believe it was the will of God to heal. And so they see many healings. You know, you could talk, you could think of many healing evangelists like that. I'm thinking of Benny Hinn. And, you know, you've heard of these men. They believe in healing. And guess what happens over and over and by the dozens in their meetings? Healings happen. Praise God. Because they believe that. They believe Jesus still does that today. They go to the meetings expecting it. People come to the meetings expecting it. But then you have people in the body of Christ, good people, don't misunderstand me, thoroughly saved, love God, don't misunderstand me. You know, my mansion might be right next to them, so I don't want to talk bad about them as a person. But we do have the right to examine the scriptures to see what people say, whether it's so or not. We all are responsible to do that, you know. On any case, but in any way, we've got people today, love God, thoroughly saved, but they're, they're going around, they have a condition, some sort of condition, and they're going around saying, well, God put this on. Now, I'm not accusing them for having a condition, you know. You know, all of us have been attacked in one way or another at times. So I'm not accusing them for having a condition, but here's what, here's what we have to examine. They go around and they say, see, now, uh, this is my cross to bear. God gave me this to suffer, you know, to develop humility and develop you know, Christ-likeness in me and so forth. And um, so, and they teach that. They teach that it's their thorn in the flesh. They'll teach things like that. I've seen them on TV, you know. I'm not, I'm not just talking about what I think. I, I've seen people that do this. And um, so, and they'll, they'll go into congregations and say that. But here's what I've noticed. People that believe in ministry of healing, believe healing is for today, they always have it in their meetings. Those people that go around saying, now what, I'm, what I've got here is my cross to bear. They never have any healings in their meetings. Why? Because they don't believe in it. Those that believe in it have it. Those that don't believe in it don't have it. So it does matter what we believe. It's not God showing favoritism. Because he's no respecter of persons. We've already studied that. It's, that. it's that what that person believes is affecting what they're having. Because Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Be it unto you. They have faith for sickness and they have it being done unto them. People that believe in healing have faith for healing and they have it being done unto them. So it does matter what you believe. It's just not all up to God. If God wants to do it, then he'll do it. And if he doesn't, he won't. You know, it's not that we should pray every prayer. We're going to get into this. We might not get into it tonight, but I'll just hit on it right now. Um, sometimes Christians will say, you know, that you should end every prayer like Jesus prayed in the garden. If it be thy will. And they say you should end every prayer that way. Well, Jesus himself didn't end every prayer that way. You see him praying other times in the Bible and we don't ever see him other times saying, if it be thy will. Number two, Jesus wasn't praying for healing in the garden. <laughs> so we better be careful there, you know. Number three, you have to understand that he told another man, remember the man that came, this was in Mark chapter number nine, was it nine, I believe? Wherever, I think it was in Mark chapter number nine. I could be wrong about the reference, but you remember Jesus said to the man, remember he had brought, this man had brought, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and they had brought this man 
this man had brought his son who was an epileptic. We would today say he was an epileptic, but it talks about uh, a spirit taking him and throwing him into the fire sometimes and then throwing him into the water to destroy him. And remember, whenever Jesus came down off the mountain, he had been up there with Peter, James, and John. The other nine disciples had tried to minister to this boy and uh, they had not had success. And then uh, the Bible said that Jesus came down on the Mount, Mount Transfiguration and he said, what were you discussing with them? And one translation says, what were you arguing with them? And the, the man said, well, my son here, he's got an epilepsy. You know, well, we would say it this way. He's had epilepsy and the spirit takes a hold of him and throws him into the fire and tries to destroy him, throws him into the water. I brought him to, my, to your disciples, you know, to cure him. And uh, they couldn't. This is the man's words. They couldn't, you know. And Jesus in Mark 9 there said, it says that he, uh, he said, oh, faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Maybe we better go turn to it. <laughs> you know, I'm getting going on it. I better go turn to it, you know. Make sure I'm telling the truth here. Let's go back there. I think it's in the ninth chapter. Mark chapter number nine. We'll just start reading verse number 14. He came to his disciples. He saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. One translation says arguing with them. Straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed, running to him, saluted him. Well, see, he had been up there on the mountain, you remember, if you just read a few verses earlier, his raiment became white and his face was glowing. That's why they were amazed, you know. He had just come out of that and it's probably still glowing somewhat. They were amazed and they run to him and saluted him. He answered, he asked and said, what question ye with them? One of the multitude answered and said, master, I've brought unto thee my son. He has a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. And he answered, uh, answered the man and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him and fell on the, he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? Now very few times did Jesus let a demon manifest right in his presence. Have you ever studied that? If they manifested, he'd tell them to come out. He wouldn't let them manifest. You know, he doesn't want, see the devil loves attention. And Jesus loves to deny him of it. And you, you ought to get like that. Just deny him of all the attention. You know. But this case, he let him in. There was, there was manifestation there. And Jesus, while the demon is manifesting, strikes up a conversation with the dead. Somebody said, why on earth didn't he just deal with that thing? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's just thick with unbelief. They had, the apostles had tried and couldn't. Then they got into an argument with the Pharisees about why they couldn't. Now here you've got religion, you've got unbelief, you've got failure. That's a, com that's a good concoction of unbelief right there. And so Jesus asked the man a question right in the middle of this demon manifesting. He really couldn't do anything. That's the reason why. He had to get this man out of unbelief. He already said once, oh faithless generation. Verse 21, how long is it against this this came to him? He said, of a child. Oftentimes this cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Remember we said Jesus prayed, if it be thy will. 
Here's a man saying, if you can do anything. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, other translations bring it out this way. If thou canst do anything, with a question mark. All, and then it goes on and says in other translations, all things are possible to him that believeth. In other words, Jesus was saying two things. Number one, the if is not on my side. The if is on your side. It's not if I can do something or even if I will. It's if you can believe. Isn't that right? Well, then, it, then we don't, you know, Jesus had to get rid of people's if when it came to healing. But number two thing he's saying is you get rid of that if and it'll take place. You know, after things don't happen, people say, well, we don't know anymore. We don't know anymore. That doesn't change God. Now here's proof. See, sometimes people say, well, so-and-so, that minister laid hands on so-and-so. They were dying of cancer or some situation. They laid hands on them and they weren't healed and they died. So see, that's proof. Well, see, here's some ministers. These nine disciples, they laid hands on somebody and nothing happened. But that didn't, that didn't uh, prove that it wasn't God's will because Jesus came along and healed him. That's right. Amen. Set him free, isn't that right? So don't develop doctrines on, well, see, that minister prayed and so-and-so died of cancer. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean a thing. Now here's why we're passing this by. Here's a little, remember, I don't know if you've ever read it over there. Let's go, hold your finger here. We'll come back to this if. <laughs> because we don't have to pray every time that way. This man, this man went down that road and Jesus said, oh, oh, oh bridge is out. Don't go down that road. Don't go down that if road. See, we don't always have to pray if it be thy will. Amen. Now come over here to the book of Colossians. Let's notice the book of Colossians. Let's see here if I can find it because I didn't plan on getting into all this. Uh, let's see here. And maybe you know where's that verse, Trophimus, have I let at my leadum sick? Paul had a situation similar to this. And sometimes people say, well, if divine healing was for everybody, then uh, here it is, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. That's where it is. Thanks for your help, Ann. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Look at verse number 20. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse number 20. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I let at my leadum sick. You know, the devil has always reminded a lot of Christians about that. Well, if, if healing's for everybody, Paul would have known it and he would have healed him. Well, that doesn't prove healing wasn't for that man. Doesn't prove a thing. Well, if it was the will of God, he would have got it. Paul would have gave it to him. Well, if it was the will of God, Paul would have got every single person he shared for salvation. He'd have got every single one of them saved. Doesn't prove it wasn't for them if they didn't get saved. Some of the Jews got mad and ran Paul out of town. But salvation was for them. Paul would have had to leave and said, those Jews left, died down there at that city unsaved. Wouldn't he have to say that? It doesn't, say, it doesn't prove a thing when it comes to whether it was the will of God for them to be saved or not. 
Jesus left people in his own hometown sick. Well, he must, somebody said he must not have wanted to do anything there then. No, the Bible says he could there do no mighty work. It didn't have a thing in the world to do with whether it was his will or not. It had something to do with whether they would allow him to minister that way or not. See, there's a Godward side and a manward side. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So, um, you know, the devil always brings these, well, wouldn't, wouldn't Paul have healed that man? No, Paul wasn't the healer. Well, yeah, he was. He went about doing good. And the Bible says that, you know, um, he, the handkerchiefs and acres were taken from his body. Okay, let's go to that one. Let's go to that one since you brought that one up. <laughs> Paul was a great apostle and this, this reason this is happening because he was an apostle, you know, when all the apostles died, it all ceased. Well, let's look at Acts chapter number 19 here. When, when we see these, uh, when we read or hear these things, we want to go back and see what the Bible actually said. Look here, this is the, 18th, the 19th chapter of Acts. Look at verse number 11. See, it does matter what you believe. It does matter. It does matter. Now, somebody said, well, I, I, I have all these questions. Well, we've all had those questions. We've all had them. Don't misunderstand me. But here's the point. Those questions are doubts. You understand? Those questions are doubts. As long as you have a, well, what about? I call them, yeah, but what abouts? Yeah, but what about Paul's thorn? Oh, you better wait and hold on to your seat because we're going to get to that one. We might have to spend two services on that one because that's the devil's favorite one. And I want to deny him of one of his favorites. Makes you, anyway. <laughs> Acts chapter number 19. Look here. This is what people refer to. This was a great apostle Paul, you know, and he was doing this miracles because he was an apostle. Let's look and see what it says. Acts chapter number 19. says in verse number 11, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Isn't that what it says? Well, see, that was happening because Paul was an apostle. No, it wasn't. Notice how it said it. Notice verse 11. And God wrought special miracles. It wasn't Paul. It was God. Well, it was happening because he was an apostle. No, it was happening because he had God in his life. <laughs> and the same thing was with, true with Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good and healing. Why did he go about doing them? Well, because he was Jesus. No, Jesus said, and remember Mark, uh, go, to, go in your, just write this in your notes, John 14, 10. John 14, 10, 11 and 12, down in through there. It says, Jesus himself said, the works, he said, the Father that's in me is doing the works. Somebody said, that was Jesus. No, it wasn't. It was the Father in Jesus. Acts 10, 38 said that, how God anointed him, and that's why he was doing it. Amen. See, it matters what you believe about these things. If you believe it was just Jesus because he was Jesus, then, well, see, he's not here anymore, so that's all passed away. Or if it was the apostles because they were the apostles, and that all passed away because the apostles aren't here anymore. Well, I'll, I, I'll, before these, I don't know, maybe we'll get to it tonight. I don't know when we'll get to it, but I'm going to read you church history that proves. It's kept on happening after the apostles left. So that's not even true. Basing doctrines on something that isn't even true. Amen. 
Besides that, it was God doing it. It wasn't the apostles. It wasn't Jesus. How God anointed Jesus. God wrought special miracles. God wrought. God anointed. God wrought. God anointed. How did God do it? He God did it by anointing them. And he still anoints people today. By the way, that's one of the reasons that healing is still for today is because they have the, we have the same Holy Ghost they had back then. And it was God anointing them with the Holy Ghost that caused it to happen. We don't have a different Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to be irreverent, but is he twins? Is there, is there two of them? Is, I mean, is he, is he changed? Is he different today? I mean, it, no, he's the same. Just like Jesus, he's the same. Amen. So back here in Mark 9, remember Jesus said, if, in other words, Jesus stopped him right there. If, stopped him, said, no, no, none of this if. So we don't have to, we don't have to pray every prayer if it be thy will. Because Jesus stopped a man that started going down that road. If you want to, if you can, all those ifs. That's not an issue. That's not the issue with God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's all free. None of that. Won't charge you a dime for that. But it was good anyhow. But uh, the point is, uh, I'm, I'm making is, it does matter what you believe about these things. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So if you believe that you're suffering to, to you know, to, to uh, somehow bring glory to God, well, then that's going to affect how you receive. And if you receive, that's really going to affect it because Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And he didn't just say that once. He said it over and over and over again. And really it's all through the Bible in one form or another, even back in the Old Testament. The Bible said about Israel going into Canaan's land, which is a type of the blessings of God. You know, he said, doubtless, you'll not go in. In other words, if you're full of doubt, you're not going to get in there. Well, how can you get full of faith rather than full of doubt? Only one way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, I came to be healed and you're just sharing scriptures. Yep, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. It's not a matter of God's not ready. It's a matter of sometimes we don't receive. Amen. So we have to get into position to receive. I don't know if you've ever recognized that or not, but people in the Bible had to get in position to receive. And sometimes they weren't in position. So Jesus worked with them to get them into position. The thing I love about Jesus, I was thinking about this the other day. Remember over there, the Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is the author and the finisher. One translation says the source and the perfecter of it. In other words, he got us started. It's, it's him that gave us the measure of faith. And then he, he, I love the fact that he didn't just throw it to you and then say, okay, whatever, you know, see you later. I like the fact that he didn't just leave us on our own. That as we start using our faith, he's right there to help perfect it. Remember over in Mark 5, you know, where that man came to Jesus and his daughter was at the point of death coming. And then the woman with the issue of blood interrupted him and it, it, they were delayed in getting there. And then in the meantime, he got a report. The people came and said, well, don't trouble the master anymore. Mark 5, you know, your little daughter's dead. Remember that? Well, Jesus immediately, hearing the, the bad report, but, but uh, overhearing, but ignoring, the Amplified says, ignored it, said, 
fear not. Believe only. Now, who is that? Jesus, Jesus took off the author of his faith hat and he grabbed, he grabbed the perfecter of his faith hat and he said, listen, I got you started on this, but I got my perfecter of your faith hat on. And he started walking him. He, he was about to stumble, you know. He's about to say, it's too late. There's no hope. And Jesus said, no, we're going to keep walking by faith. We're going to keep walking by faith. We're going to keep walking by faith. Glory to God. And Jesus, Jesus kept him walking and got him progressing again. Where he was getting stuck, Jesus got him progressing again. Anybody ever started getting stuck before in faith? You just, you're just like, oh man, I'm, you get discouraged or something. Aren't you glad he's there to say, all right, all right. Now, he'll, he'll bring a brother by where you work and, and they'll speak something encouraging to you. Or you'll go to church and there's pastor preaching exactly what you needed. Or, or you, you turn on the radio and there's somebody preaching the word of God. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I needed. That's the, that's the perfecter of your faith work. So we have to recognize he'll get us all the way, all the way to the end. So it does matter what you believe, but just let him keep on working with you. It doesn't happen overnight. Somebody said it takes God time. Doesn't take God time at all. In fact, he's already done it. He's already put our sicknesses on Jesus. <laughs> it's not God. It's us. And you know what I love about God? He's willing to work with us. He's put up with me for years. Me and Sandra, God's put up with me and Sandra for years. And we've gotten, I, I can speak for myself, I've gotten rebuked at times. You know, like he did to the disciples. He said, where's your faith? Remember Jesus was out on the water and Peter started coming. Then he, he did walk on water, but then he started sinking. Remember Jesus got on to him. You know? In love, of course. But he's trying to say, you know, you didn't, have, you didn't have to fail like that. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad Jesus is the perfecter of my faith. Amen. So we've got to get rid of all these little, yeah, but what abouts? So let's work with this a little bit more tonight. You ready to get back into it? I've taken all that time just get you get you ready. But let's go over to the book of, uh, remember we've gone through several different reasons it is the will of God for you to be well. And I believe these are just, just getting rid of these little, yeah, but what abouts? What about this? What about that? Um, and, uh, Helping us to understand, well, of course, it's the will of God for me to be healed. He's the same today. Remember all the ones we've gone through? And let's, go, let's go back over just a few of them. Healing brings glory to God. Isn't that right? Healing is called the work of God. Sickness is called the work of Satan. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Remember that one? Then the next one. Um, the Bible, at least, you know, I don't know what order you have, man, because remember we kind of got... <laughs> <laughs> sidetracked a few times. But then when next one was because it's the will of God because all through the Bible there's, a, there's such a thing as the double cure. You know, he bore our sins and he took our sicknesses. Working both of them together are the will of God. All through the Bible we saw the references, you know. He took our sins and then he also took our sicknesses. Then the next one was, uh, it's Jesus' very name is Jehovah Rapha. I mean, that's his... If he's not, uh, not going to change, the Bible said he doesn't change. 
And if, since he doesn't change and his name is still Jehovah Rapha, well, then he's still the healer today. You know, then we had one healing today because faith is for today. Jesus over and over again said, your faith made you whole. Somebody said, I got that last week. Yeah, I know, but see, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Number, whatever number it was, Jesus hasn't changed. And number whatever, next is, he's no respecter of persons. Then sickness wasn't a part of the original creation. Amen. We looked, remember, we looked at that lady over in the 13th chapter of Luke. Jesus said there's four reasons she ought to be healed. Number one, she's a daughter of Abraham. Number two, Satan has bound her. And that's what I came to do is loose people from the works of the devil. Number three, you get an animal out of the ditch on the Sabbath and she's more valuable than an animal. Number four, she, is, she ought to be healed because it's a Sabbath day. That's, that's not real clear to us sometimes because we don't understand what the Sabbath is all about. But today, the Bible says, they that believe enter into rest. What is resting? Resting is ceasing from laboring and, and uh, <clears throat> enjoying something without the work. Now, Jesus did all the work and we don't have to work to get healed. That's what Jesus is saying. <laughs> you know, all these we could take some time on. But this one here, <clears throat> sickness wasn't a part of the original creation. We have to recognize a lot of people accuse God of blowing houses away with tornadoes. And, uh, you know, people, uh, die, people die of diseases and they'll say, God did that, you know. This is, they'll call it acts of God. Religious people, they don't understand these things. And so they, they see these things, accidents. You know, somebody dies in a car accident and they'll say, God took him. You know, well, it's amazing whenever they don't drive drunk, God doesn't take near as many of them. Or it's amazing whenever they don't fall asleep and cross the line, you know, God doesn't take near as many of them. <laughs> you know, we have these ideas that everything's got to be God. No, there's a devil in the world. Number, number, listen to this. Number two, there's just human error in the world. Guess what? If, I, if it's slick outside and there's ice on the road and I'm, I know my better judgment says it'd be best not to get out there and drive. But yet I decide to get out there and drive. You know, I don't have to at all. I just get out and do it. And I slide off the road and bang my car into something and bump my head and get all messed up. It really wasn't God. And I'll tell you this, it really wasn't even the devil. You know what? It's just human errors what that was. I was a few bricks shy of a load up here this day, you know just wasn't thinking. <laughs> it's not necessarily always God, not necessarily the devil even. You understand? So praise the Lord. You know, like somebody said one time, a man, years ago, a man was, he worked in a factory and they had a lot of power grids and everything running all the stuff. And this man's job was to shut it down at the end of the day and turn it on at the beginning. And he went over there to turn it on one day and they have a sign there that says, stand on the rubber mat whenever you do this, you know. And, and he was in a hurry and there was a puddle of water there. He's standing in a puddle of water and he turned that thing on and it just fried him, you know, cooked him. <laughs> I don't mean to be, you know, it's a sad thing, but he, he died, you know. And at the funeral, some blessed brother in Christ made the statement, you know, that God took him. 
Well, it's amazing if he'd have been standing on the mat and followed the instructions, God wouldn't have taken him. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Now, I'm going to say something just because it's a matter, it's an issue that has to be dealt with sometimes. Some people say, well, my old knee keeps hurting me. My knee keeps hurting me. Well, if you lose about 150 pounds, you know, um, you know, your knees weren't made to carry that much weight. <laughs> I'm looking straight ahead, Lord. I'm not doing It's just really not the devil. Yeah, anyway, that's all free. But people, they accuse God. And they say when somebody died in an accident or a tornado came or sickness or catastrophe, death of a loved one, they accuse God of doing all these things. See, religion doesn't understand. Here's my point. Religion doesn't understand. I'm talking still here about this sickness wasn't a part of the original creation. Religion doesn't understand that at the fall of man, many things came into act, action here in this creation that were not a part of the original creation. Tornadoes were not a part of the original creation. Hurricanes were not a part of the original creation. Hail falling out of the sky was not a part of the original creation. To be honest, even rain wasn't even a part of the original creation. So floods wouldn't be a part of the original creation. You understand what I'm talking about? All these things, many of these things that destroy, that kill. Cancer was not a part of the original creation. Disease was not a part. The Bible says it was all good. Many of the laws that got, that, that, uh, came into play after man's sin are responsible for all these things that people say God's doing. You understand that? Many of these laws came into play after Adam's sin and the curse came into the earth. Amen? Because they don't understand that. They accuse God of these things. But here's what I wanted to point out. Jesus, every one of these things, wind, you know, all these, these wind torn storms and stuff, diseases, all these things. Jesus set aside all those things to minister to humanity and bless them. Didn't he? So that's proof that it's not the will of God because it's proof that God's not the one sending tornadoes or windstorms because Jesus said to the wind, peace be still. Isn't that right? He didn't say, isn't this a blessing how God created this to blow our boat, to, to blow our boat over and sink? Isn't this a blessing? He didn't. Oh, he, he spoke to it. And he did that with diseases. He rebuked them. He said, he told them to leave people's bodies. He told demons to leave people's bodies. That's proof that it wasn't God doing it, that he wasn't the author of these things. You know, if he, was, if he was the author of it and then Jesus came on the scene and rebuked it, well, then he's confused. Didn't Jesus say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? So here's, okay, God created windstorms to blow people's houses away and people's boats over and all that, and then diseases to kill people and, you know, accidents and all this. He created all that, but then here's Jesus setting all those things aside to bless humanity. Okay, now he's confused. Because Jesus is showing us the Father, you know. Somebody's confused. No, he's not confused. The Bible says that uh, these were not a part of the original creation. Isaiah says it. We've read these two verses in this section that um, there'll be nothing that hurts or destroys after the curse is removed. 
And before the uh, creation, before man fell, I should say, there was none of this here either. So it makes it impossible for us to accept for one moment that sickness or disease are authored by God because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. The very nature of God the Father also refutes it. God is love. Well, in love, he put this on me to teach me something. Well, okay, well then why aren't you putting diseases on your children? Because you love them. Why don't you get a syringe full of AIDS and inject it into their arm? I mean, that's asinine. That's stupid. Isn't that right? And anybody today in any organized society that was doing something like to that, that to their children, we would have them arrested before midnight tonight. We would have them in jail. Why do we think that God somehow knows that this is good for us when we ourselves would arrest a guy like that? We'd take his children away and say, you'll never see him again the day, longest day of your life. Isn't that right? I mean, religion makes people really distorted. It really confuses them. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. Love does not kill people. Well, God needed another flower in heaven. Well, which verse are you quoting? Which verse are you quoting? You know, I feel like a lawyer up here pleading my case. It's like, really, we're just hammering away at unbelief because it's been hammered into our heads, you know. These are not things that the Bible teaches. Anyway, so we're getting to past where we were. God's love and, and love heals. God's word is medicine and it's still for today. These are all reasons it's the will of God. Paul's gospel included divine healing because a man got faith to be healed in his gospel. And then we got to healing is included in redemption. That's what I want to focus in on tonight. <laughs> Took me a while to get there, but we're here. Now, what do we mean healing is included, is included in redemption? What we're talking about is, let's go back to Isaiah 53. And let's just look at these verses that talks about Jesus. No Bible scholar will deny that these verses are prophecies about Jesus. Everybody agrees with this, that these are prophecies about Jesus. In Isaiah 53, Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, everybody agrees this is a prophecy about Jesus. So that's not in dispute, but the things that it says here, people haven't really paid attention to. Verse, uh, chapter 53 of Isaiah, verse 1, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, I can answer that second part. The arm of the Lord is the hand of the Lord or the power of God. It's all through the Bible. That's a term that refers to the power of God, the anointing, which of course destroys the yoke. So he asks the qu question, who believes our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord or the power of God revealed or manifested? The power of God's going to manifest for somebody. He asks who? I'll tell you who. The people that believe the report. This report. The one he's about to give. This report is the one he said, if you believe this, the power of God will be manifested to, uh, to, uh, and revealed to you to confirm it and to manifest it on your behalf. Amen. All right. Verse 2. He, he shall grow up. He's prophesying about Jesus. He'll grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When he shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. 
Okay? Jesus is who he's referring to. Now, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. In other words, we, 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 saw, we thought it was God doing it to him or something. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's our sins, you know. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Praise God. You know, those verses right there take care of your three-part being. That covers you entirely, spirit, soul, and body. The sin was what he dealt with in your spirit. He bore that for you. Then he said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. You know, mental problems, emotional upheaval, and stress, and anxiety. That was all laid on Jesus. And then with his stripes were healed. That's our physical body. Amen. But let's keep on reading here. Well, let's, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's go uh, back up here to verse number four. Surely, I think he said that for a reason. Somebody was going to come along and say, surely he hasn't. But he said, surely he has born. He, Jesus, has already born our griefs and carried our sorrows. All right, now let's look at that. Griefs and sorrows. What does that mean? He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. You want to look at that a little bit more? First of all, the word uh, for griefs is K-H-O-L-E-E -E in the Hebrew. We're going to do a little bit of study in here. Because you want to make sure and hear the truth. We don't, we don't want to misunderstand this. Um, K-H-O-L-E-E -E is the Hebrew word translated griefs. And it's also, it's, it's, it's translated in the Old Testament over and over again. I give you one, two, three, four, five references right here. Where it's translated, uh, uh, rather than griefs, it's translated sicknesses. Like for example, Deuteronomy 7 verse number 15. I'll read that one to you. Deuteronomy 7 verse number 15 says this, the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon them that hate thee. Remember, notice there he said, Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Then he mentions diseases. So this is literally physical sicknesses and diseases. That's the same Hebrew word here translated griefs. It's really the word for sickness. Another, word, another verse is over in the book of uh, 1 Kings, actually in Deuteronomy 28, verse number 61. You remember Deuteronomy 28? We went there last week. Yeah. 28, verse number 61 says, Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Exact same Hebrew word translated over there, sickness. Then I'll give you a couple more. Just so you can just write these down. 1 Kings 17, 17. 2 Kings 1, 2, 1 Kings 17, 17, 2 Kings 1, 2, and then 2 Kings 8, 8. All those verses have the same Hebrew word in them. If you looked it up in the Hebrew, K-H-O-L-E-E, -E, Chloe, or however you say that, and it's translated in all those verses, translated sickness. Okay, so that's a better way to translate it then. And so let's read it that way. Surely, 
He hath borne our sicknesses. Wow, praise the Lord. And then he carried, notice it goes on to say, carried our sorrows. Hebrew word for sorrow is M-A-K-O-B, makab, I guess you'd say it. And it's translated, rather than sickness, translated pains in the Old Testament in a number of places. Job 33, verse number 19 is one of them, and I'll read that one to you. Job 33, verse number 19, it says, He is chastened also with pain upon his bed, and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. It's the same Hebrew word, translated pain. Then in Jeremiah 51, verse number 8 also, you could just write that down, it's translated pain. Somebody said, well, how do you know for sure though? Well, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. And Jesus over in Matthew 8, 17, go over there. Go, hold your finger here. Don't lose this. Don't lose this because we're coming back. But we're, going, we're just digging, just digging. Somebody said, I know all this. Well, so do I. But you know, we just keep going back over it. Number, number one, because some haven't heard. Number two, because we can water what's already been heard. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. So we just keep on watering it. If you've already heard it, if you've not heard it, it gets planted. And if you've heard it once last week, that's not good enough. Because old traditions will come. Yeah, but what about? The devil will harass you. You got to keep on going back to the word. Okay, Matthew 8, verse number 17. Let's start reading in verse 14. When Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his mother's, uh, excuse me, saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and he arose and ministered unto them. Another, I think it's Luke's account says he also rebuked the, the fever. He touched her hand and rebuked the fever. When the even was come, we'd say evening, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. He healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Well, that's proof right there that it's right to interpret that sicknesses and pains and diseases and things like that. Hallelujah. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Amen. Now, there's uh, questions people have sometimes there whenever they read that. Well, yeah, but see, that was being fulfilled that day when Jesus ministered to that multitude. So it wasn't fulfilled on Calvary. It was fulfilled when Jesus ministered that day. And after that, it was already fulfilled. So he bore their sicknesses, but he didn't bear ours. That can't be the truth for two reasons. Number one, that it might be fulfilled is used in other places in the New Testament. Let me give you a couple of references. Uh, and, it ref and Matthew refers a lot back to Isaiah's references. Um, and he says in uh, Matthew 12, 17 through 21, Matthew 12, 17 through 21. I'm not going to take time to go there because we, we got too much ground to cover. I'll just give you that reference. Matthew 12, 17 through 21. You can look at it later and make sure I'm telling you the truth. But in those verses, Matthew talks about Jesus withdrawing himself uh, and then that he said that it might be fulfilled that he would preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the Gentiles would believe on him, then there'd be judgment come into the world, so forth and so on. But see, that hadn't, he hadn't preached to the Gentiles yet. But what he was saying was, Jesus was beginning to fulfill this. It wasn't like it's over today. In fact, it's still working today. I tonight am a fulfillment of Matthew 12, 17 through 21. The gospel is being preached to the Gentiles. It's still being fulfilled today. 
So when he says there, whenever Matthew said there in verse 17 of Matthew 12, that it might be fulfilled, he wouldn't say, okay, today it's over. After today, it's no more being fulfilled. He's saying now it's being fulfilled. And really what he's talking about, the church age is going to fulfill this. And another verse is over in, remember Luke chapter number four, where uh, Jesus was preaching there, Luke four, verses 17 through 21. He said the spirit, he got up and he stood and he read Isaiah again. You know, the spirit of the Lord's on me, he's anointed me, so forth and so on. He read that and then it says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 